God is good and God is faithful. He is moving in this place. God is in control. He is on the move. Is there a song that says that? God is on the move, on the move, hallelujah. God is on the move in a mighty way. God's moving. God is moving. In a mighty way, God is moving. And we've got to tap in, man. Don't tap out. Tap in to the presence of God. Because he is on the move. And he is working. It is so awesome to see all of you guys and be with you and those of you that are online, I can't see you, but I know you're there, and uh, we miss you guys. We miss seeing so many of you, uh, and we can't wait to have more of you in the building with us as we continue to, 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 to feel comfortable, right, um, in, in, in knowing that God is in control, and he's got us in the palm of his hand. Amen? Can we pray this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We exalt you. We thank you for you never leave us or forsake us. We thank you. For you are the author, you are the finisher of our faith. We thank you. For you are in control. And Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Move in this place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I am excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about what God is doing in my life, in the life of my wife and my children, in, the, in 3W Church, what God is doing in your lives. I'm excited. Pastor, how are you excited in the midst of everything that's going on in the world around us? Can I tell you something? It's a five-letter word, peace. Amen. And God's peace brings excitement. Yes, amen. And that's, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to be talking about peace. Can you say that word this morning? Peace. Peace. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're in the middle of this series, Juicy Fruit. We're actually right about the middle of the series. This is week six, and we're right about the middle of it right now. And um, God is moving. Yesterday I was preaching at, at, at the tent, uh, Kingdom Unity Tent Revival, and uh, I was asked to preach on the Holy Spirit, and I was like, all right, we got no problem. We did a long series on the Holy Spirit. We're in the middle of another one. And then one of the other pastors, when he came up, he was like, God's doing something in South Florida. We're starting a series on the Holy Spirit next week. And it's like, well, praise God, because we forget that we need the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the person, and he's there with us. Amen? Now, the fruit of the Spirit cannot be given or grow in carnality. And it's important for us to remember that we need to maintain ourselves connected to the vine because if we are disconnected and we are living a carnal life, we will not see the fruit of the Spirit grow. We will not see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And it is something that grows from the inside out. I mean, you don't see a fruit on the tree until it is ready and on the inside, it started formulating, and then it sprouts, and it blossoms, and it grows, all from what's going on the inside. And a branch that's disconnected from the tree cannot bear fruit. And in the very same way, guys, the fruit of the Spirit 
it will flow out of us as we are connected. Now, I want you to go to I want you to go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and it says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control." That is the fruit of the Spirit. And today we're going to be focusing on peace. Peace. You know, peace is something that the world strives for as one of its greatest achievements. We spent billions of dollars in the world trying to find peace. We have councils on peace. The United Nations is about peace. In the movies, we talk about peace, right? We were watching one of the Avengers movies the other day, the one where they're you know, trying to sign the peace accords and everything. It's all about signing treaties to find peace. And, 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 and actually, that's what the world's definition of peace is. If right now you were to Google search the word peace, and the definition that comes out, it says this, freedom from disturbance a state or period in which there is no war or war has ended. That's what the world defines as peace. But that, not is, that is not the peace that comes from God. That is not the fruit of the spirit of peace because the peace that comes from God is a peace that you can be at tranquility and peace even when the world around you is in chaos. It is a big difference. If you look at the news, everything in the news revolves around the lack of peace or war. Right? That, that, that's all the news is about. Divorce rates are up. The economy's crashing. They're nominating a, court, a, a, a justice. We want to go against this. There's a race war. There's a, everything on the news is about the lack of peace. As a matter of fact, if you removed from the news those items that deal with no peace, all you'd have is commercials. I mean, true or not? I mean, even Channel 7, right? They've got the Help Me Howard section. It, it, it's a, it, it is a thing about an attorney helping somebody deal with a conflict. Everything. And that's why the world is spending billions of dollars trying to find peace, but they cannot attain it because they're looking for the wrong thing. Can I tell you something? And I want you to jot some things down this morning. This is the first thing I want you to jot down this morning. God is peace. God is peace. When we read in the book of Judges, chapter 6, we, we, we read a story of a man named Gideon. God calls to Gideon, and he calls him not as he is. He calls him as he sees him. And he says, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, yo, who, what, me? Couldn't be. God's like, yeah, yeah, you. You're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon has an encounter with God. And then he says this in verse 23. God says this to him, peace be with you. Do not fear, you shall not 
die. And verse 24, this is Gideon then says, he builds an altar in verse number 24. Let me get there to Judges chapter 6, verse 24. There it is. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. If you're taking notes, that's the second thing I want you to jot down this morning. Peace comes from relationship with God. Peace comes from relationship with God. Think about when sin entered the Garden of Eden. After Eve ate the fruit, then Adam ate the fruit, their eyes were open, sin entered, God called them, and what did Adam and Eve do? They went to hide. Why did they hide? Because they were afraid. Why were they afraid? Because the sin had broken the relationship with God. They lost their peace and they went to hide and tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. Peace only comes from relationship with God. Peace only comes from being connected because God is the giver of peace. In the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, God told Moses, this is the way that you guys shall bless the people. And in Numbers chapter 6, Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26, we see what's called as the priestly blessing. And it's this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Real peace, true peace, only comes from relationship with God. Because God is peace. If you're writing things down, this is the third thing I want you to write down this morning. Are you with me? Jesus is the prince of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. You can write it down and read it later, but in Isaiah chapter 9, the prophet Isaiah prophesies about Jesus, and he says, she shall, he shall be known as a wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. Now, I want, I, I want to break down the word prince here for a second. See, when you and I hear the word prince, we think of royalty, right? And if he is a prince, it means there is a king, right? That's what we think. Now, what we know as a monarchy did not come about until after this scripture was written. A king and a prince. The word here, prince, does not mean a, a, a prince who is subject to a king that one day will become king. It actually means ruler of all. It's what it, a better translation would be. He shall be known as the ruler of all of peace. God is peace. Jesus is the ruler of pre, pre, uh, man, tongue twisters, the ruler of peace. He is the prince of peace. And you know what he did? He came to earth to bring peace, to usher in peace to the world, a peace that is lasting. Again, peace comes from relationship with God. What happens? Sin breaks relationship with God. 
mankind had to every year offer sacrifices to restore relationship with God. Jesus came to earth to usher in a peace that lasts through a union with God through the sacrifice and atonement of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. He comes to bring peace. Can we read Isaiah 53 this morning? Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. Watch. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Look what verse number 5 says. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And then it says, the chastisement or the punishment for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Many times we will read this verse and claim it when we're dealing with a physical ailment because by his stripes we're healed. But understand something. He also died that you and I might have peace here on earth, in the middle of circumstance, in the middle of tribulation, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a disastrous hurricane season. And I'm talking about the real hurricanes, that the ones, the weather ones, the Miami hurricanes, all about the you. They're having a good season thus far. Come on now, everybody throw up a you for me. It's all about the you there. If you're on the comment box, put that emoji, the little hands up, you know. We're the only university that's got that there. I mean, we already went through the, all the names of the hurricanes, and we already passed beta. We had a zombie storm this year. Y'all catch that on the news? Y'all did it? You don't, we had a zombie storm. It only happens very rarely. We had a named storm. I believe it was Pamela. It was the one with the letter P. Was it Pamela? Or I can't remember which, but I know for sure it was the one with the letter P, okay? That it formed... It died, the remnants were there and gone, they weren't even tracking it anymore, and then the center of circulation started forming again, but since it already had been named, it's given the same name, and it reformed off the coast of, uh, 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 of Europe out there somewhere. And it was called the zombie storm of 2020. But the ruler of peace came to earth, that you and I might be able to live in peace. This is funny. I know online people are Google searching zombie storm right now, and I see people pull out their phones. I see it. I see it. They pull out their phone. They're checking zombie storm. Yep. I didn't make it up. I read like about four articles about this zombie storm. But you know what? We can be at peace. Because the Prince of Peace ushered peace into this world. Here's is what I want you to jot down this morning. Jesus gives us peace. As a matter of fact, it's better stated, Jesus gives us his peace. I mean, have you read John chapter 14, verse 27? What does John 14, 27 say? It says, peace I leave you. It's Jesus talking, peace I leave you. But then watch what it says. My peace I give to you. And this is my favorite part of the verse. And this, this part is crucial. Are you ready? Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Remember the definition I told you, peace? 
the world definition of peace, freedom of war, war ending, no problems. Jesus is like, guys, I give you a peace that the world does not give you. And then it says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So you can, if you ask me the question, what can steal or zap our peace? A heart full of trouble and fear. Man, fear is one of the major weapons of the enemy. Fear is a major weapon of the enemy. And can I tell you something? It has been unleashed like I haven't seen in my lifetime with this pandemic. Let's be very clear. Is this a real illness? Yes. Millions of people have gotten sick in these seven or eight months. In our country alone of the United States of America, over 200,000 people have lost their lives. This is real. But you know what is also real and more real? That the peace of God wipes away the fear from our lives. Peace of God. Jesus said, I give you my peace, and I don't give it as the world gives. I don't give it as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus has given us his peace. And can I tell you one more thing? This peace surpasses understanding. This peace surpasses understanding. If you go to Philippians chapter 4, we're going to read verse number 7 first. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 7. Philippians 4, 7. I encourage you, by the way, if you don't have a hard copy of a Bible, you need to get one. Okay? If you don't own one, you don't have one, and you need one, see us. We'll give you one. Philippians 4, verse number 7. Look what it says. Oh, I should go to Philippians. I'm in Ephesians. My bad. I, I was about to start reading. I was like, nope, that's not it. It says this. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which surpasses, goes beyond, transcends understanding. What does that mean? It is a peace that to the world does not make sense. Why? Because the world doesn't understand it. Because the world is not in relationship with God. Because they don't have communion with God. Therefore, they do not have that peace. Come on, say it this morning and put it in the comment box. Peace. peace. One more time. Peace. peace. It is a peace that surpasses under standing. Now, if you look at the previous verse, it says this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So how are we going to combat 
the issues in our life and the surrounding tribulation and circumstance, pray, worship, give God thanks for what he's doing. And when you're doing that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you remember what John 17 said, that we just read a minute ago, when Jesus spoke, sorry, John 14, when he spoke, he said, let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Paul writes, the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your heart and mind. Guys, God is peace, and the Prince of Peace has given us his peace so that we can be chill. And then, if you ask me the question, well, how do we keep this peace? This is what I tell you, verse number eight and nine. Finally, brethren, whatever things are noble, whatever things are pure, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, meditate does not mean, um, okay? We're living in a time right now where they are trying to shove this meditation garbage down everybody's throats, even in the school system. I've had to email multiple teachers already this year of my daughters do not meditate because they have this whole mindfulness practice. Clear your heads and think on this. And I emailed the teachers, and then we had, I had, it was, I had a Zoom call with one of the teachers and a phone call with the other one. And I was like, hey, we don't do this stuff. The Bible talks about meditation, but it's not a clear your mind. It's about you focusing on God. And actually, when it talks about meditate, it's about in an audible voice, confess the victories and the things that God is doing in your life. And his word is basically what it's saying here. Meditate, confess, declare, speak the good, the noble, the true, the pure, the praiseworthy. What has a good report. And too many times as believers, we're walking with no peace because all we speak about is the problems. And I am not into cliches, so forgive me. But don't tell your God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big your God is. It took me a, a second. I couldn't process it. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not big into those cliches and those sayings. But it's true. Speak the victory. Think and meditate on these things. Let, look, let, look at what verse number 9 says. Watch, watch. Look at verse number 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. Remember, Paul's also the one that wrote, as you follow me, as I follow Christ. Like, I'm living the way God wants us to live. Let, let's do this, right? He says, the things you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do them. And the God of peace will be with you. What did we see in Paul? I mean, I, I can remember a vivid story in the book of Acts 
where him and Silas are walking down the street and there was a demon-possessed girl that was bothering him and he got so tired of it that he turned around and he cast the demon out of this girl. And, and, and the Bible says she had a demon of fortune-telling, witchcraft, right? And, and she would adivinar, uh, 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 she would say uh, uh, things that were happening or whatever and for profit, he was a fortune-teller. So the people that lost their source of income because the demon was cast out, accused Paul and Silas and they threw him in jail. And they got Paul and they threw him in the deepest part of the prison. The dungeon. And the Bible says that Paul sat there and cried and wept. Woe is me. Why is this happening, God? No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that him and Silas started singing. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I mean, I don't know that that's what they sung, but it could have been. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And in the middle of the storm that they were in, in the bottom of the prison, they sang hymns unto the Lord. And all the prisoners heard them. And I'm sure some of the prisoners started singing too. And suddenly, an earthquake came. Why was Paul able to sing? Because he had God's peace. So now here, he's writing to the, Ephes to the Philippians, and he's like, yo, what you heard, what you saw, what you've seen in me, do it. And the God of peace will be with you. Can I tell you something? It's not enough to know it and hear it. You got to do it. Y'all want to laugh? Throughout many years of my life, I have bought different exercise equipment things. That little ball with two sticks that you're supposed to put on the floor and roll it up and down to help you with crunches, jump ropes. I bought all kinds of different stuff. And, and Joel's here. That works. Yeah, it does, but it doesn't work if it stays in the box. <laughs> it only works if I get it, I build it, and I do it with consistency. Because if I do it once, it ain't going to do squat diddly consistency. Squat diddly is zero. Zilch. I heard my seven-year-old daughter say, what's squat diddly? <laughs> it's a good question. I'm sure other people didn't know what squat diddly was either. Somebody online was probably like, squat diddly, what is that? Or diddly squat. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you, that's funny. For years, I would hear my dad say, what are you doing, playing tiddlywings? And I thought it was an expression. That's an actual game from when he was a kid. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but when he was a kid, that was a game, Did tiddlywings. I had no idea what it looks like. You know what tiddlywings are? I don't. But anyways, you, you didn't know that was a game? No, it is. It's an actual game. I'm going to go look for it. Yeah, because your grandfather has told you what it is, probably. Yeah. And you watched the video on how to play it? 
Okay, you got to teach me then, all right? All right, I want you to write this down. Let's, let's, let's write this down. This peace can only be possessed by the believer. This peace that I'm talking about, it can only be possessed by a believer. Jesus gives his peace. The beginning of peace is accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And this peace, divine peace, it takes away sorrow. It takes away confusion. It takes away fear. It's a divine peace. And Romans chapter 5, verse 1, worship team, you can start coming up to the altar. Romans 5, 1 says this in Romans 5, 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, We need relationship with God and Jesus to walk in this peace that surpasses understanding. I have homework for you this morning. You ready? I got homework for you. And you guys that are online, I got homework for you. I want you to identify in your life this week your peace stealers. If you're having a hard time sleeping at night, I want you to analyze the last few hours before you go to bed. Are you watching the news? Are you looking at the latest statistics on COVID? Are you listening to all the stuff going on with, with different protests and different political situations? What are the different things that you are doing and how are they stealing your peace? And when you identify them, correct it. What does that mean to correct it? Get rid of it. Take it out. Watch. I got home a month ago or so, and Patty tells me, the back door doesn't close right. Our back door that goes into the backyard, it... It's a double door, it's a hurricane-proof door, whatever, and it's got a little latch that goes on, and it wasn't closing right. You'd have to pull it hard and try to do it, and it just wouldn't close right. She's like, I don't know what happened to the door, it's broken. So I got there, and I opened the door, and I began to analyze it. And I realized that the little metal holder at the top of the door frame, over time of my daughter slamming the door, the screw got loose and the little holder moved probably two or three millimeters. But it was enough to not allow the stick, the latch, to go into position. So I went and I got a screwdriver. I loosened the screw one turn. I pushed the little thing. I tightened the screw. I closed the door and the latch worked fine. And the latch in place gives peace because now that hurricane door if a storm comes can do its job
I analyzed what moved out of position. I took a tool, I moved it, I tightened it, and peace came back. So I want you to analyze your life. What has shifted? Let's be real. The last eight months have shifted a lot of things in our lives. Schooling is different. Work is different. Going to the grocery store is different. They just opened the movie theaters and we can't eat popcorn in them. I mean, things are different. So my question is, in your life, what has shifted which has caused you to lose your peace and correct it? Because God is peace. Relationship with him gives you peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace who has given us his peace and his peace surpasses understanding. And that peace is for the believer. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Before we move on this afternoon, I want to give you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Perhaps this morning you say, I've never encountered this peace. And it's because you're not in relationship with God. Or perhaps you lost your peace because you lost communion with God. But I got great news for you this morning. There's room on the vine to be grafted in. So what does the Bible says, say? It says that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you will be saved. It says that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So today, if you're online, or if you're listening to this on Spotify or Google Play or wherever else we put our podcast up, wherever you're here in the building, and you say, I want a relationship with God, all I want you to do is pray this prayer with me, believing it in your heart. Say this, say, God, I'm a sinner, and on my own, I cannot get to you. But I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price for my sin. So today, I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart and write my name in the book of life. Today, I receive your peace, your love, your joy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on. If you've lost your peace, if you're just struggling right now with walking in God's supernatural peace, I want you to raise your hand, and if you're online, you can put it as a comment in a little hand-up emoji. I want to pray with you. And Father, you see every person that this morning is saying it, whether here in the building or online, they need more of your peace. They need your peace. Father, help us to do what the Bible says, to focus and meditate on the good, on the pure, on the noble, on the true, on what is praiseworthy. Help us, Father God, to focus on you so that you, our God of peace, will guard our hearts and our minds. Father, we declare we walk in this supernatural peace, this peace that surpasses understanding. And we thank you, Father, for our lives will be different because of this peace. And the world will not understand it, but we will be able to walk in joy and love and peace because we are connected to the vine. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church, just worship him for another minute.